Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Double Twist, and TuneIn Radio, of course. On ones like TuneIn Radio, usually like when you open it up, it's streaming. Try to see if you can download it first instead, because I believe you can download or stream the show. Downloading is better if you could do that. It would be greatly appreciated. That way... It counts as a download for a potential business in the future. This and that. We all know how that works. Great to be back on board talking hockey once again today, but unfortunately, the Minnesota Wild season has already come to an end. And that is why, basically, you could call this playoff run a flash in the pan because well, the, everything started off so great, and then three games later, it was over. It was just over. So kind of like a, a nice little crush you had or something when you were a teenager. It just feels like it just comes and goes in a matter of seconds. It's like, oh, that didn't work out, I guess. I guess she kind of sucks, or he kind of sucks, depending on what side of gender you're on, I suppose. But uh, welcome back. We're going to basically recap the playoff series as best I can, this and that, and kind of look at the future for the Wild. And of course, we will hear from all of you out there that were kind enough to hashtag BTWMN on Twitter, at BraveTheWild, at BraveTheWild. Can't thank Derek Felska enough living in western Wisconsin as a teacher, but very much a Minnesotan and a big, proud fan of Minnesota teams, including our Minnesota Wild. So, yes, we'll get to that. I think I'll do this in one quick segment shot. I kind of decide on the fly sometimes, but eh, usually shows like this, I can do it in one quick segment, I suppose, and it sounds better. I'm in accord with a lot of guys like Judd Zolgan and Declan Goff. Gotta love that show out there. Uh, Love listening to what they have to say. Of course, Michael Russo, unfortunately, he didn't do a show this week with Jim Suhan, but he did do a straight from the source, this and that. So, And also want to welcome <laughs> want to welcome the Foghorn Podcast into the podcasting world. Great to have you on board. And uh, Justin Backey, of course, great friend from MNW Prospects. Giving them a big shout-out right here, right now. Great, great, uh, great start to things. Episode number one, I'm sure, unfortunately. Episode number two, they won't be as happy about the uh, turnout for the postseason. But it's not the end of the world. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, though, that's the other thing before I get into the wild playoff series. They'll kind of bounce around between our series and others and such. Pittsburgh Penguins also eliminated by the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think any of us picked the Montreal Canadiens to knock off the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they did. Um, Okay, yeah, they knocked off the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, Arizona Coyotes knocked off the Nashville Predators, Nashville Predators. So that's the end of the Nashville Predators run to a Stanley Cup final again. Didn't think they're going to make it anyway. Vegas is looking like a better pick every day for me. Picking them to go to the final. They actually might win it. Who knows? But, uh, well, everything started so great. Picking up where we left off. Of course, now again, I'm going to give an addenda on Narada. Also, when I was talking about the weird uh, scheduling, when I was thinking, wait a minute, we're not playing Colorado. And St. Louis and Vegas, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, those were real games. It was the it was the round robin tournament where they're basically trying to figure out who's one through four. So teams did not keep their potential seeds necessarily. Uh, Vegas just might get number one. It's either Vegas or Colorado getting number one. This and that. So it's a round robin tournament, almost kind of like World Cup in a way, trying to move up uh, by just winning a couple of games there, and all of a sudden they're 
the top seed, this and that. So that's kind of how things are going. Vancouver, we'll see where they who they wind up playing. The Blackhawks are probably going to play the Golden Knights. Oh boy, well, go Golden Knights there. Yeah, the Chicago, that was the other one. The Chicago Blackhawks knocked off, knocked off the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Pittsburgh will have seven days to decide if they want to keep this year's pick or transfer it to 2021. So the Minnesota Wild still might get the pick if Pittsburgh says, oh, okay, fine, just just keep it, whatever. Uh, odds are they'll probably want to keep it, though. We'll see. We'll see, because this is probably as high a pick as they're going to have, depending on uh, if next year they're going to be all banged up and injured. Who, who knows what's going to happen to the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they're always a threat, and to think that they're not going to be in the... Uh, the eight, the elite eight of the Eastern Conference this year. Pretty crazy to imagine, but Montreal will be. The Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens, pardon me. That's that's just, uh, okay, all right. So again, everything started wonderful. We felt so good. Beautiful game one against the Vancouver Canucks. And we're trying to recap our wonderful feelings of the uh, 2003 playoff run, but of course, it's just another painful reminder of how long ago that really was. Um, Minnesota Wild Series versus Colorado was kind of similar in 14 compared to 03. But, you know, things ended nicely and all that. Very dramatic back and forth. But, of course, uh, you know, this time around, I don't know. I mean, reality just kind of set in where a lot of us were thinking much earlier in the season, this team isn't going anywhere, this and that. And it's not about bashing the Wild, this and that. But it's kind of the typical, even though we have players, we have players that can do this, we have players that can do that. They just magically stopped scoring. Um, but again, this first game was the biggest tease of all. Minnesota Wilds score a goal in every period. We went up with three goals. Everybody's talking about Jacob Markstrom like he's Ken Dryden, like he's, you know, <laughs> Kippersoff in his prime. I mean, Kippersoff is obviously really good for the Calgary Flames. Not spectacular, but damn good. Nick, Nicholas Backstrom, this and that. Yep, now we're comparing Finnish goalies. But, you know, we could say Ken Dryden. You could say Grant Fuhrer in an era when people scored like five or six goals a game. So his three and a half, four goals were like, damn, that's really good. Where Ken Dryden was giving up literally like two goals a game, even in an era when more goals were scored in that era. That's how good Ken Dryden truly was. And he was a tall goalie in an era when goalies were a little shorter, like Alex Stalock. Stalock was very respectable throughout this entire series. Um, Remember how I came into this postseason on my last podcast and the podcast before that? If the Wild lose to the Vancouver Canucks or whoever, most likely was going to be the Canucks no matter what, it would be because of goaltending. Nope, it was not because of goaltending. What assholes. It was kind of like everything else. It's like, yeah, we, we, we can score, but we're not going to. Uh, the, the power play, yeah, it's the short circuit. It was no power play. In the first game, things were okay, respectable. Again, a 3 nothing victory. Alex Daylock stopped when he needed to. Minnesota Wild did not give up a whole lot of dangerous situations completely shut down that top six like you wouldn't believe. You keep hearing about Bo Horvat and JT Miller. What an awesome acquisition. Wish the Wild could have got that guy. Wish the Wild could have taken Brock Besser instead of Jewel Erickson. But Jewel is the greatest defensive center in the history of the NHL. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, Elias Pettersson's the greatest ever. This and that. But the Wild shut them all down. They just shut them down and we feel like a million bucks. Alex Gulchenyuk, Gulchenyuk, pardon me, Gulchenyuk looked uh, good for a minute and then he started turning the puck over and he started making stupid mistakes. Ryan Donato is what he is. He's, you know, he's, he's kind of a daredevil out there and plays hard, works hard, but he's a daredevil. He's not this stay-at-home, uh, you know, solid two-way type of forward. And he's stuck on a fourth line when he probably should be higher. Kind of like what Sam Onis would be in if he was on the wild. He'd be stuck in the fourth line because, well, it just is what it is when he probably should be playing on a higher line because his skill set matches him up with a higher line. Jordan Greenway looks like a fourth liner in the NHL. Uh, nobody's that excited about him right now. Just kind of an invisible guy. Uh, Zach Parisi didn't score in this entire series, and he's had a great run in the postseason throughout the course of time. Uh, Eric Stahl managed to get two assists. Kevin Fiala just looks as spectacular as ever. So on a positive note, Kevin Fiala picked up where he left off. The only problem is Kevin Fiala's, again, well, <laughs> he's, uh, well, he's got this, uh, He's, 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 he's got this anger streak a little bit. Gets a little frustrated, this and that, like we all would. Um, he's honored by the fact that other teams are focusing on him more than they would in the past. He's deeply honored. I mean, like a star player would be focused upon, and it's nice to know that the Wild actually have a guy like that. Again, this is what a lot of Minnesota Wild fans are saying right now. Thank God for Kevin Fiala. And thank you, Paul Fenton, for uh, giving us Kevin Fiala. Thank you. Um Obviously, wonderful addition, and of course, uh, you know, he gives us hope. He's a big reason why 
a lot of Wild fans thought we could beat the Vancouver Canucks, and who knows? And of course, you're not going to go out there and tank. Of course not. I mean, you're, if you tank, it's just kind of like that's that's BS. You don't want to tank. Um, that's just flat out wrong. Looks like yeah, things are set up, aren't they? Yep, Coyotes versus uh, Colorado Avalanche. Yep, is the Red Robins kind of. I just called it Red Robin, the Round Robin, sponsored by Red Robin, right? No, it should have been. <laughs> uh, go Coyotes. Hell with the... I mean, I, I know everybody likes the Avalanche, and they're great to watch, but go Coyotes. <laughs> Come on, everybody. You know, I, I hate the Avalanche. You're as good as they are. Where was I even going here? But no, we're all very happy to have Kevin Fiala on board. We got the hope with uh, Kirill Kaprizov, but still, there's just one gaping hole after another, and then you got the freaking Albatross contract of Matt Zuccarello. Everybody loved him with the New York Rangers. He was spectacular with the Dallas Stars. Obviously, the minute he suited up with the Dallas Stars, he broke his wrist, blocking a shot with his arm. Broke blocking a shot with his arm. That was, ouch. That was pretty, pretty, ugh, that wasn't a good deal. Um, Ryan Suter has a lower body injury or just uh, unable to play. We don't know what happened. Happened uh, in game number three, was unavailable in game number four. And, uh, well, it is what it is. Luckily, the Wild played fairly well in game number four, but we don't know what's really going on with Suter because he doesn't miss time. He just doesn't. And not sure. Not sure what to say about that. There was not really any conversation. An ankle, like we saw his ankle break that one time. Uh, and sometimes you see somebody get whacked in the knee or something with the puck, something like that, or who knows what. But we're not sure what happened. Uh, Carson Susie at one point looked like he might have had an ankle injury in game number two, but luckily that's not the case. He has a not, He did not have a very good series. Brad Hunt had a pretty crappy turnover along the way as well. I've just, I don't know, guys like Brad Hunt and Gulch and Yuck, I, I don't know, Gulch and Yuck, uh, leave the Yuck there. It's just kind of like Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's silly, but a lot of guys on this roster just look like gaping holes to me. Uh, guys you want to keep Guys that are kind of keepers, be it they're they're a good deal or they're they're worthwhile playoff contender type players, you know Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno, of course you want to keep them. Koivu, maybe you want to keep him for one more year as the as the center for the fourth line, but you know I mean it's kind of sad that that that's where he is, but he did a hell of a job honestly. It's like it's not he wasn't scoring or doing anything anything spectacular, but he was solid out there uh, and he can actually win faceoffs, which the Wild did not do a whole lot of throughout this entire series. Uh, the Wild went over 13 in a combined couple games, games number uh, two and three against Vancouver in the in the uh, power play over 13, two of 17 at that stage. Insanely frustrating as we had a couple power play goals in game number one, or it just felt great. You got good solid goaltending, you got a couple power plays, and you got your star player picking up where he left off. Even heck, you get Eric Stahl picking up a couple of assists. You get Jared uh, Spurgeon. Scoring a couple of goals. How cool was that? Three points for Jared Spurgeon. A very well-compensated defenseman. Ah, just absolutely great. Um, absolutely awesome. Uh, you didn't see Belpedio at all. You didn't see Luke Johnson. You didn't see Capo Kakinen. You did not see Gerald Mayhew. Bar- Brennan Mennel. Victor Rask. No. Uh, Kyle Rao. Matt Robson. Or ne- well, you did see Nico Sturm. Yes, in games <laughs> three and four. And he looks good. He looks damn good. Uh, we'll get back to him in a moment. But uh, again, game number one, you felt positive. You got scared with a Gulch and turnover, but luckily we didn't get beat on that one. But we would get beat on turnovers in the future. Uh, extreme frustrations would take over the further you move in this bleeping series against the Vancouver Canucks. But game number one, you felt like a million bucks. 3 nothing win. Uh, game number four, four to three loss. I mean, gosh, we almost had it. Yeah, sure. Okay, right. It was like immediately. And the worst goal of the entire series scored on Alex Daylock was right out of the gate there. And that was pretty gall dang Mickey frickin' frustrating. 24 seconds into the game. Yeah, Vancouver didn't score for 60 minutes against the Wild in game number one. It took 24 seconds in game number two. Tanner Pearson from the <laughs> from out in the point, basically. <laughs> or was it the high slot? Quite a bit out there. Quite a ways out there. Pretty much out on the point. Just releasing the puck. Just putting the puck on net and see what happens. You're getting a juicy rebound. No, it went in. It went in 24 seconds in. Luckily, Luke Cunning would tie it up shorthanded later on. Luke Cunning's one of those guys, though. When you guys that you want to keep, so to speak. I mean, Luke Cunning's one of those guys that you're happy he's on the roster and you want to keep him around. And it's not like we're paying him a billion dollars either. Jewel Erickson, well, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to trade him for Brock Besser? Well, you can't do that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen as much as I'd love that. 
Eric Stahl, obviously he's solid, but he's, you know, he still gets points. He still finds a way to get on the scoreboard. Uh, Parisi did get a couple assists in this particular game, but those were very late, along with Stahl's two assists. Those were like last-second plays that uh, made the score look a little prettier and gave the Wild a glimmer of hope in the last second, but this was like a day late and a dollar short type of a game. It really was. Stalock wasn't as good as he was in the first game. The turnovers were awful throughout the entire way. Nobody was scoring in golden opportunities, and it made everyone frustrating. But this one pales in comparison compared to game number three, where everybody was absolutely uh, irate. Kevin Fiala was frustrating throughout this entire game. Uh, game number two got, you know, calls and non-calls got under his skin, this and that, and he was just getting absolutely frustrated and kept kind of complaining every couple seconds to the referees, and that's just not going to be very productive. You're not going to get any more calls, necessarily, if you're complaining every couple seconds. That's not going to help you. Uh, Fiala would get two goals, but they were in the last minute of the game. <laughs> the Wild were down 4-1, to one and they were in the last minute of the game. Good plays, good shots, nice nice stats and everything, but unfortunately, it was too little too late. Day late, dollar short. That's basically what the title of game number two would be. Game number one would have been, the title would have been just, you know, great team effort. Game number two, t- day late and a dollar short. <sighs> basically, at the end of the day. Uh, this was, again, when Carson Soucy were afraid he might be injured or something, but he came back and he was okay. And I don't know. Game number three was uh, pretty much horse crap. Even though it was a close game the entire way, the Wild couldn't do crap. Uh, again, a 4-3 to three loss to Vancouver, where, again, Vancouver was just clearly the better team in game number two. They were just better, and it was frustrating because a lot of people believe, including Michael Russo, who's not exactly just Mr. Homer all the time, was telling you that this Vancouver team is not really that good right now. They're, they're not that ready for any type of a playoff run or anything crazy like that. Uh, the Wilds should be deeper enough to get the... should be deeper and be able to get the job done in this series because of our depth. Vancouver's more top-heavy than the Wild, and, well, almost everybody's more top-heavy than us right now, especially at the center position. As good as Stahl is, you know, it's just um, he's getting points because of Kevin Fiala, basically, at this stage. (laughs) At this stage, or maybe Parisi once in a while as well. Um, And good for him. God bless him. I I actually really like Eric Stahl a lot. Uh, As, you know, from what I know as a person, just from keeping up with him, basically, I, I think I'd like Eric Stahl quite a bit. And as a player, yeah, he's solid. But obviously, he doesn't have the speed and quickness to keep up with people. He certainly has the hands. He still has the hands, but the speed, the skating is nothing what it was back in the old days when he was a a legitimate star for your Carolina Panthers out there. You're a bunch of jerks when they weren't a bunch of jerks yet, as they call themselves. (laughs) Game number three. Game number three. And this is when Declan Goff, our friend on Score North, introduced me to the heat map. And some of you might be like, I knew about this five years ago or whatever. But Natural Stat Trick. Pretty cool website, actually. It looks like it's from 1997-98. It, it really does. Uh, but who cares? It's got what you need. It's got all the stats and all the information. This is where it doesn't look like 97-98, but like the fonts and style, the style of it. It looks like the late 90s. It does. Back in the day when I was in finishing up high school and first really getting well acquainted with the, uh, the internet back then. <laughs> But uh, you look at the heat map in game number three, in a game that the Wild lost three to nothing, and it leaves you stunned. I mean, the Wild had opportunities like you've never, like you couldn't believe. I mean, the the red shows the golden opportunities the Wild had and the location of those golden opportunities, which were all over the place in this entire game. I mean, we're talking blood red in front of the net. In the... in the low slot, as in like in front of the net, golden opportunities for the Wild to score, and they just could not finish. They just could not freaking finish for their life, and nobody understands it. I mean, it's blood all over. Just imagine like a mafia hit. That's basically what it is. And this is like all opportunities, all opportunities, blood red, when it's on all opportunities, whether it's five on five or this or that. But when you put it on all, it literally looks like, I mean, it literally looks like uh, I don't want to tell you, but I mean the red, the red all over the place. Yeah, it looks literally like the mafia just took care of like a dozen people. Just put it that way. That's what it looks like. I mean, there is so much red around that, uh, around the 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 low slot there. I mean, obviously the high slot is not as good of a scoring opportunity. You're more likely to get blocked from there, of course. Of course, people be feeling the pain. But the red means the danger 
of like a legitimate chance, the danger of uh, being able to score there, as in it's a dangerous, you know, high scoring opportunity for Minnesota in that situation. And of course, no goals took place in the entire game. Was Markstrom outstanding in the game? Yes, he was. Markstrom was outstanding in the game. But the Wild still should be able to score once in a while. I mean, they should at least be able to bury one or two of these opportunities. Jacob Markstrom's good. And of course, how many times have we made goalies like Jake Allen, Jacob Markstrom, and many others look like spectacular goalies throughout our time? I mean, I, throughout our time in these golden opportunities to, to go on any type of a playoff run. I mean, was it Hellebuck? Uh, again, Jake Allen's the ultimate example. I mean, like 50 shot attempts in that game, and you get shut out. It's just disgusting. You get shut out one to nothing. It's just sick. Absolutely disgusting. Um, pretty much all of this started happening. You could date it all the way back to the Anaheim Ducks series in, 2000, in 2003, where the Wild just, just don't score in, in golden opportunities against goalies that a lot of times aren't necessarily big shot superstar goalies. They're just decent. Uh, Sebastian Jaguar was a decent goalie. Jacob Markstrom's decent. He's a starting goalie in the NHL um, versus the guy that was there before. I would have rather had him versus him and Nelson where, where they were competing in the net. I remember a couple of years ago when I had Jacob Markstrom on my fantasy team off and on, he'd be competing. He was kind of a platoon there. And Markstrom was like the slightly better guy, but he's, he's improved the last couple of years. And it helps when you get better players in front as well with uh, more puck possession and such. You don't have to worry about all these dangerous scoring opportunities for the other team. But the Wild had golden opportunities in this entire game, and it was it's unbelievable how they just could not find it. They could not bury anything. Always having trouble raising the puck or timing their shots or this or that. It just magically didn't happen. And I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, look look it up if you can. Natural stat trick. Canucks 3, Wild 0, basically. And uh, when it pops up, the heat map, click on all. It's one thing if it's 5 on 5, but all. That means the entire game. All situations... No matter what, if it's penalty kill, what the heck. You know, power play, blah, 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 blah. It is absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> and uh, thank Declan Goff for bringing up natural stat trick. We'll be looking at this fairly often in the future. No question about it. Again, looks like 98, but who cares? It's good memories, right? It's good memories. 1998 was a good year for me. You know, I got, a, you know, I got out of high school and all that and moved on. Yep, but obviously that shows that I've, I've been around a while. I've been out of high school for many years now. So, But uh, that game and that heat map just symbolizes a team that gets opportunities but doesn't finish on them. And it just happens every bleeping year. And people like our buddy Michael Russo went on to say the exact same thing. He's not an over-the-top homer, but he's also not going to just be a... He's not going to just bash the team because he's going to bash the team for the fun of it. Uh, he's obviously a well-respected writer that uh, is able to give you a legitimate point of view on the team, and I can't disagree with any of that. That uh, The Wild just, for whatever reason, they make goalies look like legends in the postseason, and it happens time and time and time again, and the frustration continues to mount for all of us Minnesota Wild fans, especially when you have guys locked in well for four more years. It was a five-year contract with no move for the first three and Matt Zuccarello, who didn't do jack squat in this entire series. Didn't do shit. Pardon my French. He didn't do anything. Uh, Galchenyuk, who stinks, basically. Um, you know, God bless him. We love him. And he actually was helpful in help, uh, helpful in communicating with our buddy uh, Kirill Kaprizov. But, I mean, if you can't play, you can't play. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Will the Wild give him some kind of one-year deal? I, I don't know. It, it, I doubt it. If there's a better opportunity out there, go for it. This and that. Go for it. Better opportunity for him and a better opportunity for the Minnesota Wild. I think the Wild need to head in that direction. It just kind of is what it is at this point. I mean, the frustration is just a little too much with that. Again, bouncing back and forth. But this game was what it was. I mean, it was a terrible game. It was a shitty, bleeping game. Pardon my... I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Getting a little bit uh, vulgar here, I apologize. And also, a, a, a guy like Quinn Hughes, he's a future star in the league, and there's no question about it. I mean, heck, you just heard Pat Micheletti compare him to Paul Coffey this morning on the In the Zone show. So, I mean, Paul Coffey was pretty good. Uh, Jay Beagle, obviously, he got hit in the hand pretty good. I believe that's game four, though, at that stage. But obviously, it's a good, it's a good hockey team at the top. And like their best defenseman, Quinn Hughes, is spectacular. Elder's pretty good as well. Horvat is solid. He's not a great player. He's solid. 
Miller's excellent. Besser's really good. Peter, Peter Pedersen, pardon me, is absolutely awesome. Uh, Louis Erickson's a guy who used to kill the wild, but he's, you know, way past his prime. Antoine Roussel, this was when a lot of us just lost it and almost shattered the TV screen with, with bricks. Just shattered it. Was when Brad Hunt was just controlling the puck. Next thing you know, <laughs> I mean, next thing you know, he just loses control. Antoine Roussel just takes the puck all the way and scores. Roussel, the guy that everybody basically hates. Another another one of those hated players throughout the league. Like, you had the Steve Ott, you had the Todd Bertuzzi's, you had this and that. This is another one. Roussel just gets it under everybody's skin. And to see that happen, to see Brad Hunt turn that over as pathetically as he did, it made everyone sick. Uh, Nico Sturm would get his playoff debut. It was very solid. Nico, not Miko, of course, Nico. So we'll just say Nico Sturm, his entire name. And he was, uh, you know, I thought he was awfully solid out there. Played on the left wing. He was out there on the flank a bit on the left side, along with the solid play of Ryan Hartman, who would get opportunities in this game, but nothing too spectacular. Fiala was outstanding at times and frustrating at other times. Again, barking with the ref. Uh, Jordan Greenway was moved down to the third line and played better, generally speaking. But he would get stupid-ass, stupid bleeping penalties that led to power plays by the Vancouver Canucks, which buried the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he'd be playing a little bit better, and the next thing you know, I mean, and you can get frustrated all you want about how that wasn't a cross-check. I mean, he barely even nudged the guy. But at the same time, when you know they're going to call it, just just watch it. You know, seriously, just watch out. I mean, Jordan Greenway, you don't see the real, you don't see that powerful forecheck you think you could see from him. It just never happens. You never saw it from Charlie Coyle, and I'm seeing the same thing out of Jordan Greenway, and I think everyone's seeing it right now. Anybody that's really an objective, honest Minnesota Wild fan is going to say that about Jordan Greenway. You can love him all you want, but, I mean, it is what it is. And I also saw in message boards out there on the uh, Minnesota Wild Global that it's literally the same old thing. Dumba shot block, Dumba shot block, Dumba shot block. Just people got sick and tired of hearing that, and they're, they're about ready to trade him away as well. And... I mean, hey, if, if if he can help you get a, a legitimate center, it is what it is. It's nothing against anybody, this and that. I don't like when sports, I don't like the direction sports are going, getting more and more political with every day, especially with what's been taking place in the NBA. Like you try to figure, okay, I don't want to watch the NBA right now. It's a little too much. You come over and they start going the same direction in the NHL. It is what it is. So it's nothing personal against Matt Dumba. Or anything, but I mean, hey, hey, if if he's not going to perform at the level we're expecting, then I don't know. I mean, trading him is not something I would just just uh, push away. I think that's something I would consider doing. He's been downright frustrating the last year and a half, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I know there's always that fear. We all know what happened with Brent Burns. You could say it a hundred million times. I don't think he's Brent Burns. I, I don't. I'll be very surprised. He still might end up being that fifty-point guy, though who had that rifle shot. That day could still come, and he did score in the... <laughs> he did still still score in that exhibition game with Colorado. That was nice to see, but he didn't bring it into the into the Vancouver series at all. In fact, you never really heard his name. You never really heard about Matt Dumba. You never really heard about Zach Parisi throughout this series. You sure as heck didn't hear about Zuccarillo. You heard that... Gulchenyuk turned the puck over at crucial times. Terrible turnovers on the blue line that almost got us killed or did get us killed in multiple occasions. The guy just, I, I don't know. Some guys out there, they just don't know what they're... <laughs> we, we don't know what they're doing. It's maybe not a matter that they don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they're doing. And it just kind of leaves you frustrated and kind of heartbroken, to be quite honest. 3 nothing loss to Vancouver. Markstrom is the next Ken Dryden. And then the next night, well, 5-4 to four ended up being a loss in overtime that lasted 24 bleeping seconds. Excuse me, 11 seconds into overtime from 10 Ev. Okay, yeah, obviously, spoiler alert, but who's who's listening right now that doesn't know the result of this series? Of course, a 3-1 to one series victory for the Vancouver can schmucks. But uh, an entertaining first period, a good start. Luke Cunning scoring on the power play, so that ended a 13 consecutive uh, <laughs> power play drought. Uh, uh, over 13 short circuit of the power play. Ended it nicely there. That felt, made us feel better entertaining back-and-forth game. Got to see Jewel Erickson X score. You got to see guys like members of the Geek Squad. Obviously, Luke Cunning and Jewel Erickson X continue to prove their worth. 
but another guy in George Greenway continued to not prove his worth. And that's right. Just I'm not sad if Jordan Greenway's not on the roster next year. And I'm not surprised at all if Zach Parisi's not on the roster next year either. Uh, Kevin Fiala did not score in the game, but he did get a, uh, an assist on Eric Stahl's goal fairly early in the game, which put the Wild up 2-1. to one. It's funny, though, how we were basically the reciprocal of the Colorado Avalanche in game number 7 in 2014, where we would keep taking one-goal leads, and or, you know, and then Vancouver would keep tying it up, where, of course, in Colorado, they would take the lead, and we tied it up, and eventually the final score was the only time the other team had the lead. In this case, that other team was the Vancouver Canucks and not the Minnesota Wild. Christopher Tanev would score 11 seconds into overtime. I mean, if you stood up for one second, maybe to just, who knows, maybe you had a beer in the freezer to like cool it off a little teeny bit to get that frosty feel, which is really nice. Just stood up for one second to get it, figuring maybe this overtime is going to last a little while. Who knows, maybe it'll even go into double overtime and we won't get to sleep till 2 or 3 in the morning. Who knows? But uh, you just stand up, and it's, all you hear is he scores. And it's like, okay, well, and it wasn't Minnesota. Yeah, it, it just wasn't Minnesota. And Vancouver advances, and the Wild are done. Woo-hoo. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's pretty much what happened. But uh, you can guarantee Vancouver is the number seven seed because they were already number seven. <clears throat> and Chicago is definitely going to be number eight because they were number 12. Chicago Blackhawks make the playoffs, folks. The Chicago Blackhawks make the playoffs, but the good news is the Blackhawks will not be getting the number one pick in the draft. That's right, the Chicago Blackhawks will not be getting the number one pick in the NHL draft, but the Pittsburgh Penguins might. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that great? Edmonton Oilers might get it, too. (laughs) Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisittle, and (laughs) Lafayette. Can you imagine? (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? That'd be insane, huh? Well, I guess you never know, but uh, maybe that day will come. Uh, Eric Stahl, you know, solid. He actually led the Wild in overall scoring with four assists and one goal throughout this series. Kevin Fiala went up with four points, three goals, one assist, or was it? Yep, three goals and one assist for Kevin Fiala. Parisi had a couple assists. Felino up and down here and there. Nice start to everything. Again, nice goal by uh, Nico Sturm which put the Wild up later on, which had us really feeling good, put us up 3-1. to one. But the really telltale sign that things were not going to go so well in this game, things were not going to go our way, is when, say, again, Jewel Erickson Eck put the Wild up 3-1 to one fairly early in the second period, and literally three minutes later, the game was tied. Three minutes later, the game was tied. Unbelievable. Brandon Sutter, not Suter, Sutter, and Quinn Hughes again, Quinn, Paul Coffey, Hughes would score on the power play because I'm another stupid idiot penalty. Like there were 19,000 of them throughout this entire series. Of course, again, that's a way that's a way to generate some more scoring, I suppose, and that's why the uh, the referees had uh, were were blowing the whistles more often. Very entertaining second period, though, as things go from three to uh, from two to one Minnesota to four to three Minnesota against Jules Eriksson-Eck putting the Wild ahead. 3-1, to one, which had us all, oh my god, we, we actually are going to go to game 5. It, it's going to happen. I was very hopeful and again, 3 minutes later, the game was already tied and you just kind of slump over in your chair, or if you're standing, you slump into your chair. Nico Sturm scores from the left flank. Beautiful shot. Well placed and all that. Some people might say it was just a lucky play. Bo Horvat then would score fairly late in that third period and it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to lose, aren't we? You, you could just feel it. And then Chris Tanev 11 seconds in and scores and all she wrote. And that was the end of the series, basically, with that. Um, But that was the frustration, generally speaking, throughout this series where all you can do is, you know, feel that it's the same old story. Can't seem to score when you need to. Or maybe you magically do score. Or you turn the puck over. And, like, when when you are scoring, now your defense seems to disappear. Or... Your discipline seems to disappear. It was just a generally undisciplined series at times. Guys like Kevin Fiala, Jordan Greenway, just undisciplined moments. It was just a strange overall series. Kind of left you scratching your head. I mean, I'm kind of sick of talking about it, actually, at this point. It left you just kind of scratching your head, feeling like, I don't know, we probably could have easily won this series, despite how talented the Vancouver Canucks are. It's just the fact we were not disciplined with the puck, not disciplined with our sticks, not disciplined 
with this, not disciplined with that. And then, magically, we couldn't score when we had opportunities. And then, when we did score, we'd find a way to blow it just a couple minutes later. It's like at every turn, Vancouver would match our move, even though, again, you'll continue to say they're not that great. They're not, but, well, I guess they're great now for to the time being, and they're probably going to continue to get better going into the next season and beyond. So, with that, I guess we're going to try to jump into what you guys had to say. I believe I already said about uh, Chicago beating Edmonton. Yep. Pittsburgh losing to Montreal. They're going to definitely be the eighth seed over there. Oh, because Pittsburgh was the best. Pittsburgh was the fifth seed. That's the best uh, qualifying round team. Just like, uh, oh God, Edmonton was the best qualifying round team in the in the Western Conference. Oh, my. So both 12th seeds are now eighth seeds in the in the real playoffs. That's just crazy. Oh, good news is Zach Parisi's still, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter still got five years remaining on their deal. And I'm going to tell you something. This is nothing personal, but I have to say it. When you look at Zach Parisi's face and all that, does he not look about five years older than just a couple months ago back in March? He looks way older, doesn't he? And, well, the production level wasn't the same. Matt Zuccarello again, whatever. Uh, that's just all there is to say about all of that. Kevin Fiala, we're going to have to ink him pretty soon after 2021. He's a free agent after next year, but restricted free agent. Interesting. Restricted free agent. I'll continue to say that. After next season, not after this season. Pending free agents could become, yeah, uh, Jordan, oh yeah, Jordan Greenway and Luke Cunning are restricted free agents, so that's going to be very interesting. Very interesting what happens there. So we'll see how they get uh, kept. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild move on uh, Jordan Greenway somehow, some way. They move him out of here somehow, some way. Some type of package deal, of course. He won't be the main part of any deal when you acquire like a big-name player. Uh, and any thought of buying out Matt Zuccarello, he'd be on the hook for eight years, basically. He'd split it in half, say he's at $6 million per the next four years. Thank God it's four, not five, because the five-year contract had already started, of course. You split it in half, so it's $3 million for eight more years. $3 million cap it for eight more years. That's insane. So I don't know if we're in any rush to do that. Victor Rask could be $2 million for the next few years. We'll see how things go there. He might be a buyout candidate. He's got two years remaining at $4 million per. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Fenton did some really good things, and he did some real crappy things. Kirill Kaprizov, yep, he is, uh, yep, there it is there. 9000 or excuse me, 925000 and then he becomes the free agent after that, so that's going to be extremely interesting as we move forward. We're going to have a, uh, Nico Sturm's a restricted free agent. Can't wait to have him on the everyday NHL roster, as he most likely will be the, at least the fourth-line center moving into next season. Again, let's hear what you guys had to say. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, hashtag BTWMN, so now we can finally get to what you guys have to say. I tried to filter it to get the dates more organized, and it didn't work, so... I'm not real happy about that. It's not your fault. It's Twitter's fault. It was actually up pretty good. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to move forward here. Derek Felska says, Any questions about the hashtag MNWild? Just tearing tearing at your mind after our series loss to the Canucks. Ask Brave the Wild. Just tag your questions and all that. Yep, thank you very much. Hashtag BGWMN. Okay, so... Where was it? Okay, Derek Felska. See, now we got July 16th again. I don't, okay, Jay Bushy. There he is. Do the Wild look to extend Fiala in this short off season? That wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, if he's, as long as he's eligible to, to be able to do that, I mean, when you, because he's, yeah, I mean, it's coming up pretty soon. And, you know, yeah, it's $3 million. And then he becomes a free restricted free agent. It wouldn't be the dumbest idea to get things going in the right direction. At least get the conversation going. Again, restricted free agent, arbitration eligible uh, moving forward into 21-22. So again, $3 million next year and then restricted free agent arbitration. Now that I'm repeating myself, I apologize for that. Uh, wouldn't be the bad, wouldn't be the worst idea. I think they got to get things going and Fiala is definitely playing for his next contract and you can totally see it. He's looking awesome out there. Absolutely awesome. Uh, I, I think that would be very wise, though, Jay. I, I do. That would be super wise if they did that. So we can move forward. Derek Felska says, Which NHL team that has advanced to the next round from play-in clubs do you think is the best chance of knocking out one of the top four seeds? 
One pick for Eastern Conference, one pick for Western Conference. Well, well, well. This is going to be an interesting one. Well, for one, I hope it's not going to be the Chicago Blackhawks over the Vegas Golden Knights. That would be terrible. Uh, New York Islanders, I think, are extremely dangerous. But, of course, the top teams in the in the uh, Eastern Conference, you know, when you're talking about, like, Tampa, Boston, teams like that, it's going to be super tough. Oh, boy. Uh, most likely teams, though. Eh, boy. I don't think Arizona's going to upset Colorado when you look at that. Uh, Vancouver... I guess Arizona, my God. So the 11 and the 12 advanced. So that makes Vancouver 6. Pardon me for that. Isn't that just nuts? Isn't that crazy? Um, and the Flames advanced. They're number 8, so they'll be the number... Jeez, they'll be number 5. Yep, they advanced, and I'm, I'm glad about that. They really kicked some butt. Uh, uh, looks like Vegas is going to be number 1, most likely, in the West. In the East, it should be Boston. I believe they're still hanging pretty strong. Ron Robin gets a little bit confusing at times, the situation there. But, uh, yeah, Boston is, like, number one, Tampa number two, Washington three, Philly four. That's the the current uh, state of affairs there. Um, Bruins, actually, no, they're not doing as well. Hmm. So it's probably going to be, that's kind of crazy, Flyers and Lightning, possibly. Man, Lightning. You know how the Lightning could choke it away. I don't think they're going to lose to Montreal. That'd be absolutely insane. So I don't see that happening, but I mean, I don't think anybody saw Columbus beating them out either. Uh, Toronto, Columbus, that's not going so well. Carolina advanced. Islanders, I think the Islanders are very dangerous. Let me, let me tell you, the Islanders are dangerous. Um, Columbus, obviously, is dangerous as well. We all know what they can do. That series is tied, and game number five is tomorrow, unfortunately, so that's not completed yet. Hmm. Ah, boy, it's kind of been back and forth. So if things go the way it's been going, Blue Jackets will probably win that one, unfortunately. Vegas definitely, though, has got to be number one. Yeah, Colorado's number two. Blues and Stars. So we're looking at Chicago Golden Knights, Arizona Avalanche. After that, it gets a little bit interesting for that Western Conference. Man, I mean, where, where do you go with this one? I think the Islanders are the most dangerous, I got to think. Islanders and, and the, and the uh, Carolina Hurricanes are both super dangerous in the East. In the West, I mean, Arizona, they're kind of dangerous, kind of not. Calgary, Calgary, what would they be? The fifth seed? Yeah, they'd be the fifth seed. So you got Calgary fifth, Vancouver sixth, Arizona seven, and freaking Vancouver eight. That's just crazy. Calgary's going to be a fifth seed because of the eliminations. Good for good for them. That's a lucky move. So Calgary will play the Stars, most likely. And that's just crazy when you think of Vancouver versus the Blues. Blues, got a, Blues are going to beat Vancouver. Stars versus Flames. Oh, my. The West is, they're going to have a hell of a time. I mean, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to beat the Golden Knights, but I guess you never know. I guess you never know. Arizona versus the Avalanche. I don't... Boy, the West doesn't look... I, I don't think any of them are going to win. Honestly. But if I have to pick one gun to the head... Jeez. Good Lord. I have no idea. Flames. I'm hoping the Flames over Dallas. Because they, they haven't looked really good so far. I'm hoping for the Flames. The Flames actually have been really damn good. Uh, their only loss in this series was just 3-2. to two. Otherwise, they won 4-1. to 6-2. to 4 to nothing against the Winnipeg Jets. Very impressive. So I'll say Calgary over Dallas, which again is a 4 versus a 5 anyway. But Calgary over Dallas is the most likely. Pardon me for the noise there. Uh, not sure exactly what fell. Montreal Canadiens will be playing against Tampa most likely. They're not going to beat Tampa. They're just not. Uh, Carolina and the New York Islanders though. Man, I hope one of them knocks off Washington. I'd love that. Uh, boy. Oh boy. Yep. So Montreal's definitely number 8. You got six in the Islanders, and then so that would make Carolina number four and New York number five. No, no, no. Carolina number five, New York number six, and then the winner of Toronto versus Columbus number seven. So I got a little better perspective there. Where it's probably going to be Montreal versus the Tampa Bay Lightning and the the Philadelphia Flyers versus the the. <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers versus the Carolina deal, Carolina-Toronto uh, deal, which is a lot better than Boston versus Toronto. Oh, 
Boston. So whoever has to play Boston in the first round, I feel sorry for you because they're probably going to be the fourth seed. <laughs> Unless they're just, like, falling apart and they're going to blow this thing. Boston, man, they're going from one to four. That's just a bummer. They're just kind of collapsing in on themselves. They'll be playing Carolina. Mm. That's going to be an awesome series, actually. Boston versus Carolina. It'll be a rematch of the West East final, pardon me. Boston's going to win that, though, unfortunately. So I feel for Carolina. They kicked some butts. They swept the Rangers right out of there. Unless Boston's completely going in the tank, i got to think they're going to beat the, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Tampa's got to beat the Canadians, right? Canadians, right? But uh, Canadians beat Pittsburgh, too. New York Islanders would be facing off against the Flyers, I believe. Nope. They'd be facing off against the Capitals. Ah, man. Ah, that's too bad, you know, because the New York Islanders are most likely to make some kind of a playoff run, I think. I'm surprised that they were number seven. I'm very surprised, but God knows they probably were going to catch up at some point. Columbus, I just, eh. Columbus, Toronto, I'm not that impressed. Not really. Boston's going to beat, Boston's going to beat those guys, honestly. No. Uh, Philadelphia would probably beat those guys, even though Philly's been not that spectacular necessarily. Before this, they really weren't spectacular, but they're good now. Philly will beat them. I'm going to say the New York New York Islanders over the Washington Capitals only because they're the best out of out of that group. They are. Yeah, it's kind of tough, isn't it? It's kind of tough because of the the upsets. Like, do you really see Montreal beating Tampa? Do you really see Chicago beating Vegas? Oh, yeah. If they do, boy. That would kind of suck, actually. Would, would you be happy to see Vegas out and Chicago in? Yeah, No. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. The Flames, most likely in the West. Sorry for elongating that for such a long period there, uh, Derek. But Flames over the... Uh, but, yeah, we kind of get a better picture because it's not official yet. That's what's slowing me down here. Calgary over the Dallas Stars, which would be pretty impressive, actually. And the... Uh, <laughs> that would be very impressive for Calgary. And the New York Islanders over the Washington Capitals is my guess. So, great, great thoughts there, Derek. Thank you. Uh, great question, pardon me. Kareel the Thrill. I like that. I like that. At Jody Helvey. Cool. Jody Helvey says, a couple questions. Do they buy out Dubnik? And I think we learned Stalek is, is a better backup. Can we be... Can anything be done with the contracts of Zuccarello and Stahl? Does Koivu retire? I think the Wild keeps Stahl. I think Koivu retires. I do. Or, boy, you know, he looked solid, didn't he? Well, it's down to either a one-year contract for like $3 million or something, or $2 million, whatever, depending on what he's willing to do, or he does retire. I think he should. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if his knee's killing him secretly, and he's kind of playing through it, because he looks, you know, he's obviously much slower than he used to be. Uh, still can get the face-offs and all that. Maybe he doesn't want to be a specialist. But I don't think he's back with Minnesota next year, one way or another, Quavo. Stahl, I think we're going to keep him because we almost kind of have to. Zicarillo, we're stuck, unless you want to get eight years of cap, uh, you know, dead cap on your on your books, which would be really frustrating because he's going to be a pretty much impossible to be traded unless you're going to get another dead cap contract in return, like the Andrew Ladd deal. Uh, do they buy out Dubnik? I think very possible. Or actually, you could trade Dubnik because it's just one year. You could legitimately trade Dubnik to be like a veteran backup somewhere for a team that's looking for, you know, a solid veteran backup who might still have something in the tank for a year or two. That's what I see with Dubnik. I don't think he's back either. And, yep, you said about uh, Stalock is a better backup. Um, it's a better... Uh, or maybe you think... Uh, yep, I mean, I think Stalock starts next year as the the main goalie, but that Cabo uh, Kakinen most likely will be the backup and will get a ton of opportunity to take over, or at least be like a platoon with Alex Stalock. That's kind of what I've been leaning towards forever. When I talk about the Minnesota Wild goalie situation with Kakinen and Stalock, that's what I'm leaning towards. I don't think Dubnik's back, though. The fact that he didn't even see a pinch of, of time in the postseason, I don't think he's really a goaltender this team wants to keep moving forward. That's just my guess. It's nothing personal. It's business, that kind of thing. So, hope that answered your questions there. Thank you very much, Jody. Jay Bushy returns and says, was last night's game, uh, game uh, Miko's last as a member of the Minnesota Wild? I think so, yes. I think so. 
depending on what, what else is out there. But I think it's time for Nico Sturm to at least get an opportunity to play center for Minnesota. He's not this perfect player, but we we, we got to get younger, especially at the center position. I mean, you got Stahl and Cuevo and then, you know, whoever else, basically. Galchenyuk is like a desperation move at this point, as good as he could be. The, the skill level's there, but it just it just doesn't look good. Continuing, uh, Derek Felska says, after watching the NFL playoffs so far, are there any chances from what we had that you'd like to see them carry forward to the playoffs in the future? Was a rapid-fire best-of-five opening round actually kind of a good thing as an example? It was fun. Yeah, it was fun, and you certainly could get some upsets. It was fun. Um, yep, so they're saying Islanders will play the winners of Boston versus Washington. The Carolina Hurricanes will play the winner of Boston versus Washington. And Montreal will play Philly versus Tampa. Yeah, well, you know, Montreal's not advancing. It's kind of fun. I mean, you get some crazy stuff to happen. It'll be kind of like baseball, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of like that divisional round, so to speak. But then again, hockey's already got uh, a lot of playoffs. I'm guessing they're not going to do that uh, unless they have to shorten the season again for whatever reason. Maybe they get things back to normal right away, that type of thing. Maybe they shorten the regular season and add another playoff bracket again. That's my guess. Um, Montreal, I remember last year when uh, I just called them Montreal and Columbus knocked out Tampa. That was nuts. I'm guessing no, only because it's they've already had enough postseason, but it was fun. I did enjoy it. And if you have to have a shortened season situation, again, like a lockout, which thank God will not be happening. There will be no lockout. Well done. Well done. Uh, that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. So continuing with Derek Felske, he says, that looks like there was a conversation back and forth. He said, Koivu? No, hard pass for me. I've never been a Koivu fan. The Wild overpaid him for almost his entire career. Let's <laughs> let him say, let's play hockey and move on. <laughs> that's funny. I don't blame you with that one. I, I don't. That's really funny. I, I like it. Um, he has been a little bit on the overrated side, hasn't he? And he always seems to disappear in the playoffs. And that was back when Koivu was a number one or number two center, where now he's not anymore. I'm ready to move on also, and it's not personal, and I think he did a good job as a fourth-line center, really good, but I think for his sake he should step down, retire, whatever it is, or maybe join the Boston Bruins or something if he's willing to for a one-year contract, Pittsburgh Penguins or whoever, be like a Matt Collin. That's pretty much what he is at this stage, is Matt Collin. Um, or at least he, he hopes he can be that, because Collin was very solid as a fourth-line center the last couple of years of his career except not here for some reason, but again, the players around him weren't as good as they were in Pittsburgh. Justin Becky of MNW Prospects, which I'm very proud to be a part of as well, says, would you like to see the Minnesota Wild take, uh, who would you like to see the Minnesota Wild take at either spot 1 or 9? Also spot 15 if we wind up with a Pens pick this year. And yeah, we still might wind up with it if the Wild do get them. Ah, boy, at this stage, it's kind of tough to pick uh, as we look forward. At an NHL mock draft, that's kind of tough to say. Other than, I mean, obviously, you want to take the best player available if you have the number one pick in the draft, and that's generally Lafreniere, but some people do believe that that uh, Byfield is. You know, Byfield could actually even be better, and of course, he's your center, so to speak. Um, Quinton Byfield. So right now, they have, Mon- they're guessing like Montreal. It's just kind of like a tweeting around. Well, Montreal can't get it now, which is funny. Um, this is all. It's got to be the wrong year, right? Oh, nope, they have us taking Anton Lindell at the 11th pick, but it's going to be 9th possibly now, maybe. We'll see what happens. Oh, boy. That's a goalie going to Chicago at this stage. If Cole Perfetti winds up there, that'd be absolutely great. That's a name we've been hearing an awful lot of, and he's a center. He's a smaller guy, but certainly got some skills and all that, some hope there from Saginaw. Guys like that are the ones that are kind of hanging around in that area. But uh, I suppose Perfetti, you got to hope for him to be there at 9 or if you have to trade up or something like that. Oh, boy. But uh, I'll probably get deeper into the draft, Justin, in the next episode, State of the Wild, coming up. I'll get I'll talk more about the draft there at that stage. But uh, plus, we don't know if Pittsburgh's going to keep the pick or not. Odds are they will because they'll probably pick lower next year. That's my guess. But Obviously, take the best player available, and that's probably Lafreniere, even though people are going to say, we don't need a wing, we we need this, and, well, we'll see. Uh, thank you, Justin, awesome. Uh, Kirill the Thrill says, this pandemic actually gave me some much-needed perspective. If they win, great. If they lose, fine. For all teams except my Golden Gophers win, baby. <laughs> Gopher sports win, baby. So go for hockey, too, hopefully, you're thinking there, not just football. 
Uh, gotta love Grover Hockey. Sage, what's going on here? Conversation. Okay. So, oh, Sage, where's Jody, Hel uh, Jody Helvey, by the way? If you have any questions for Brave the Wild, just tag it. Okay, thanks, Derek, for bringing uh, Jody on board. Let's see. Now well, it's been back to the older days here again. Okay, Derek returns. He's asking if you have any questions. Here we go. Derek says, if you had to describe how wild general manager Bill Guerin must have been feeling after this playoff series against Vancouver, what adjective do you think best fits his feelings about the wild club right now? Uh, underwhelming. Underwhelming. Especially people like Jordan Greenway, who, you know, play... He, he's, he's, he's got a big size. He has skill. And he doesn't use either one. It's like it's like you just don't see the energy. You just see kind of like he's just kind of happy to be there. And it's not like he's this bad person. It's not like he's lazy. But you just don't see the competitiveness you want to see. You don't see him using his body at all. And it's extremely frustrating. And it just feels like it's never going to change. But generally underwhelming, I would say. Absolutely underwhelming. I mean, Parisi didn't... Parisi wasn't really Parisi in this series, was he? He looked old. He looked like Brett Favre, you know, when Brett Favre, like, not a, and I don't lean literally like that old, like a 41-year-old. But remember how Brett Favre aged from 09 to 10? Parisi from March to today looks way older, and it's weird. And I, I hope, part of me hopes I'm the only one that noticed that, but I'm guessing other people might have saw the same thing. He looks like an old guy, and it makes me feel much older still, because I'm a lot older than Parisi. Ah, big bummer there, huge bummer. Ah, let's see if there's any more new ones. Because again, this whole thing got scrambled, which is annoying. Looks like that's it for the questions, I believe. But there might have been a little back and forth going on with uh, Derek and some other people. I might dig into that here in a second if I can find it very briefly. Um, yeah, I miss hearing from Rich Blummer and others out there. Um, didn't hear from Tom Hayen yet, but he, that, that can go to the next show. So don't be thinking, oh no, yeah, because it's, it's going to come up again and I'll definitely find it because I'm not going to filter anything out necessarily. Uh, see if anything popped up here with Derek and others. There was a conversation going on and I can't find it now for some reason. I, oh yeah, I've got to go to the mentions if I can. Some new notifications that pop up. Justin Backey says, looking forward to reading this after work. Yep, Crease and Assist, of course. He put up his new article, Crease and Assist, Derek Falska there. His new article, Perspective on the Minnesota Wild and all that. Very cool. And he tagged me here. He said, here are five takeaways from the Wild 2019-20 season experience and things I feel need to be changed moving forward. Check it out and definitely do that. Uh, actually, let's just retweet that right now. Yep, definitely looking forward to that. That'll be retweeted for those of you out there. Do check that out, of course. There was a bit of a conversation, but it kind of went away. I don't know what happened. Here we go. This one. Looks like there was a little bit of... Uh-huh. Uh, Anthony Crane said, Personally, I'd like to see him get one more year. That being... Co uh, yep, this is what got things going. COVID threw a wrench in everything. Maybe he takes a cap-friendly deal. LOL. Plays, plays less minutes, give him a proper send-off at his last home game. Longest tenured captain in NHL right now. Needs recognition. I don't disagree with what you're saying there. I don't. But, I mean, if if Koivu moves on now, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I don't think it's the end of the world. But I don't really disagree either. That would be that would be cool if things wound up that way. It's a crying shame that uh, things kind of fell apart there so quickly, you know, and, and all that. It's just a damn shame. Uh, Anthony Cranes again says, yeah, show him the money about him. Evan O'Brien says, I gosh darn hope so. Of course, he said a much uh, more intense word there. <laughs> See what conversation is going on here. I have no idea. Looks like it got kind of all split up. So I think that's it for now. God bless. But uh, yeah, I think we're already nearing an hour of show play here. In fact, we're just about there. So I should probably wrap it up. I want to thank all of you definitely for your interaction. I apologize if we got a little long-winded this and that, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, we're talking about the game we love. We're talking about a situation here that obviously needs some correcting and such. Uh, Kulch and Yak, this and that. We'll talk about it much more in State of the Wild as well coming up. We'll do our season wrap-up on that show. We will do our conversation moving forward, the draft, the, the 
free agency and of course recap a bit of the postseason as well on that episode please let me know your most valuable player biggest disappointment or biggest surprise if you could on hashtag btwmn and i'm up and i'll get derek Velska to kind of uh post that out there as well because i know he's uh, so good about that always appreciate that in a big way if you like the show please rate it positively on itunes if you could to be greatly appreciated five star rating and tell us what you like and maybe what you'd like to see improved join the facebook page Facebook.com forward slash BraveTheWild.Minnesota at BraveTheWild is the Twitter account. Uh, MNW Prospects, massive shout out to them always. And uh, Coppers of Countdown and all that. Obviously love that on Twitter as well. MNW Prospects, Pavel Bennett, Justin Backey, Brandon Quast, Chad Walski, who's also a major part of Minnesota Wild Global on Facebook. Uh, awesome, awesome uh, Minnesota Wild page from Scott Cavendish. Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Maine, many others out there. Thank you guys and gals so much for being a part of this show and uh, great uh, interaction and our love for the game of hockey. With all that said, I want to wish all of you a, <laughs> a very, uh, well, a, a very good next couple weeks and hopefully we can enjoy some playoff hockey anyway. I guess jump on board someone else's bandwagon temporarily if you want to because it's at least gives you something to watch, something to enjoy like Vegas, Calgary, Tampa Bay, whoever it is. Just just enjoy it. Have some fun with it. Don't be too depressed because I think better days are coming. I do. I think uh, Bill Guerin's going to help fix things up a bit. We'll talk about that more in the next couple of weeks. Take care, everyone.